What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football, Bleacher Reports, College Football, and NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Miller. Joined on a Friday, my boy, my little brother, Mello. We are here. I'm it's a, a man. <laughs> I'm 31. I'm a man. <laughs> no mullet. You did get a haircut. It looks nice. Yeah, thank you. I was going to rock the mullet. I decided not to. Yeah. Uh, it pretty much just grows in naturally for me. Uh, that I was going to say, I think a mullet is about the only haircut I can rock anymore, other than this, like, fade that I got going. You that's know, something that you and Donald Trump have in common. Yeah, that's a, we have a lot in common. I'm also like a little red right now. I just got back from the beach, and I'm not my normal color. Neither is he. <laughs> so we got that in common. Um, that's not where we're going with this show today. But it is going to be a fun one. We're going to go around the league with some news and notes. Uh, we're going to keep the like summer style uh, theme going here that you and Connor kicked off. We're going to go top five football players we would like to see on The Bachelor, a show that you and I are big, big fans of. We're going to talk to Texas's lead recruiter, Brian Carrington, uh, an interview that I recorded with him previously. Um, and, and Which a, is a really talk. just too bad. <laughs> it is really too bad because there's some news that we would love to talk to him about now. We'll do a follow-up really soon. And then some draft on draft questions. Um, some news and notes first. The tailgate tour uh, was a massive wild success last year. Thanks to all you listeners that came out to see us, whether it was at Texas, TCU, Ohio State, LSU, Pitt State, or Arrowhead Stadium with the Chiefs. We we had so much fun. We forgot so many things, and um, it, it was memorable. It, it was. I remember all of it. Yeah, I think. lucky you. Um, so I, I'm very much looking forward to, to doing it again next year. I think we have some great stops planned. We're going to be all over all the over. world. Yeah, so I don't want to – we're not giving it away tonight. We're going to do it We're Monday not, but morning. I can't wait to go to – just kidding. Yeah, I'm waiting for you to slip because you're messing <laughs> around and you're going to like actually uh, say like it. It's like when Michael Scott knows that Michael Scott Paper Company is failing and they're like, Michael, just don't tell him we're broke. <laughs> You and Connor are probably just nervous as shit that yeah. I'm going to drop a clue on here we about are. where we're going. It's like, where's Waldo? And Melo's like, or where in the world is Carmen San Diego? He's like, oh, I know that on this date, we will be in this state, which is known for barbecue. <laughs> People are like, oh my God, they're going to Memphis or something. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that will come out Monday morning. Uh, we wanted to announce it on a show that all three of us are together for. We're going to take you through each stop. You know, kind of some of the behind the scenes, like what goes into our thought process for being there. Um, there are seven games. So if you didn't make it out to one last year, you got seven chances to come see us this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then kind of something I forgot about. And one of our stickies reminded me today. So thank you for that. Was that uh, I had promised that we would do a Boston meet and greet uh, while we're up there on vacation. Uh, turns out that's next week. So pay attention to my Twitter. We'll Wait, hammer you're going to be on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Get, yeah. Shocker. I know I'll be on vacation again. This time you are going with me. So it's true. So it's so not really vacation. That. It's yeah. a work trip. It's a work. It is a work trip in so many ways. So it will be either uh, June 8th or 9th uh, in Boston, Massachusetts. You can come hang out with us. Not Boston, Texas. No. Nor Austin, Massachusetts. Boston, Massachusetts. You can come hang out with us. Uh, pay attention to Twitter for details on where we'll be. If you have any recommendations, uh, hit us up at Six Football or at NFL Draft Scout at Mellow. Let us know where where we should come hang out at. I think that's all I got. I've been away for a while. I feel like I got to read the bulletin board, and, and now we're ready to go. Yeah, I think so, too. Let's kick it off with the news. We are interviewing Brian Carrington today, which kind of sucks because Texas is in the news, and it is for recruiting because Brew McCoy – maybe is going to transfer yet again. Yeah, it does sound like not a great situation. Brew McCoy, let's take you back in time. Right when the season ended, this is a dude who committed to USC and people were very excited about. And then he decided to leave USC when Cliff Kingsbury took a head coaching job in the NFL with the Arizona Cardinals. So Brew McCoy puts himself into the transfer portal. Texas lands him. Due in large part to our guy, Brian Carrington, who you're going to hear a little bit later on this show. Now, like you said, Mello, there's some talk that he might be waffling. He definitely went home. He went back to California. Texas coaches went out there to meet with him. Chris Del Conte, the athletic director, said they want him at Texas. They think he wants to be at Texas. So why is this important other than the fact that we're Texas fans? It's important because this is one of the most dynamic offensive players we think in college football, certainly one of the most exciting freshmen that will be coming into college football. And there was the belief that he was going to be able to, to help Texas get over the hump at the, at the time that he signed to USC, it was like a, a, a feather in the cap for Helton that he still got him, you know, that as bad as their season was that they were still able to get Brew McCoy 
it all falls apart. He he hooks up with Texas, and now maybe he's going back. It's yeah. a it's a mess. He's the number one athlete in the entire nation. Uh, he is going to play receiver at whichever school that he goes to, but it is going to be a big land for him. And I'm sure that a lot of people are going to hate on us and say that oh you wanted him to be eligible. I you can't flip flop flip flop snip snap snip snap. You can't do it. <laughs> uh, you got to pick one school and stay there. I just I think that this young man probably just needs to sit out this entire year and really figure out where the hell do you want to play football at? Uh, he is a California guy who's the number two guy in the entire state of California, but you got to figure it out. I know he's probably a little bit homesick, but I mean, it's a, it's a tough look when you have these deadlines, you have two signing periods, you go through both of those and then you afterwards decide you want to go somewhere else. And now maybe you're changing your mind to go to another school. I mean, this didn't sneak up on him. No, you, you, you knew you were going to have to make a decision just like every other high schooler in America that you were going to have to make a decision and go to a school. So it, it sounds like he really just needs to hone in and decide where he wants to play his football. And I'm, I hope this isn't the case uh, as a Texas fan, but I want to say this as an analyst, when this happens, the guy usually goes home. Like oh, they almost yeah. always go back to their area. I did see somebody say his parents want him to stay at Texas, though. Maybe that Because helps. if he does go back to USC, he's most likely going to have to sit out. I don't know that there's any way around that one. So his parents want him to stay at Texas so he won't have to sit out for a year. I think either way, in three years, this guy's going to declare for the draft. Yeah, I think that's... And if if you're worried about, okay, let's go somewhere and get ready for the draft and get ready for the NFL... Well, then Texas with Sam Ellinger, I think, is a much better situation than USC with just the uncertainty they have in the coaching ranks right now. I think so, too. And I I mean, you look at that head coaching job there with Helton. I think everybody knows that after this year, that's going to be Urban Meyer's job. You've got guys like Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart already coming out and saying they're going to be recruiting Urban Meyer to that position. But even then, I I think the fit with Texas is going to be good. Hopefully he can pair with Sam Ellinger for two years there. And then his junior year, hopefully he can kind of be his own and help bring along a new quarterback. Yeah, well, I'm going to hit up old Ellinger and see what's going on because... I will tell you, there are Texas players on Twitter that are not happy. Really? Uh, I don't know if you saw the Caden Stern tweet uh, that said this program ain't for everyone. And a lot of the other players, the BJ Foster is like subtweeting it. It just seems like it's about Brew McCoy. I don't know what else he would be talking about. I didn't know if you're uh, Caden Stearns. Yeah, I, Caden Stearns is the unquestioned leader of that defense. So, and it wasn't any of the offensive guys, not that I saw. But even you have guys like Malik Jefferson. This program ain't for everybody, is what his quote says. But you got like Malik Jefferson tweeting it, not lying. You have Quandre Diggs. Finally, little yeah. bro. Yeah. So a lot of these guys, a lot of former Texas players that are in the NFL now, a lot of guys that are still members of that defense, kind of calling him out. I don't think he's going to be very popular when he does come back to campus. He is so good, though, that you forget it. It's like, you know, with anything, you forget pretty quick. If Ellinger can bring him back, Jesus, this is like the program. They're sending Joe Kane and the coaches to come back. And they're thunder right. You can get Brew McCoy back with you. Get Darnell Jefferson. But if you get a guy like Sam Ellinger, who is, I think, the – kind of face of that that team right now. If he comes back with Ellinger yeah. and Ellinger can support him, if you can make plays on the football field, the defensive guys, they will support you just as well. Let's move on and talk about my favorite player in all of college football who we know he can make plays, Mr. Jerry Judy, Politnikoff Award winner last year, sits number one overall on my big board. Where is he? Is he two for you? Uh, I don't know. Everything's so fluid right now. He's yeah. definitely up there, top three for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's... He's a stud, absolutely is. And a video surfaced this week of Jerry Judy just putting a clinic on while running routes in practice. So I understand, you know, you can go it's practice. You can go Allen Iverson on me if you want. It's practice. There are fruit flies Not the game. in the office, and I'm swatting at I them. Can, yeah, you're going to slap me. Yep, it's <laughs> going to hear happen. a fight on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So there's a video of Judy, and he's like, there's a, a guy up, walked up at press coverage, and he just shakes him so hard at the line of scrimmage. His ability, his body control, the quick feet. I mean, you can look at it. Bleacher Report, college football tweeted it out. Um, I retweeted it. You retweeted it, I think. Jerry Judy just looks sick. Now, I know you're going to come in off the top rope like an AEW wrestler and tell me. Go ahead. He's at a receiver camp. Look at the guys that are guarding him. I love Jerry Judy. I'm I, thinking about it over here. I, he would be number two 
on my big board right now behind only Chase Young, and that's probably more positional value than anything. I think that's the tiebreaker. And Jerry Judy is a great route runner. He's got exceptional speed. He has everything. We don't need to freak out over this video because he's done this to actual corners. This is a receiver camp that he's at with Antonio Brown. He is being guarded by receivers. They're just working on getting your steps right and using your hands and things like that to get off the line. These guys aren't really contesting the ball. You can see most of them run off the field after a certain point in the route tree. So I don't know why this is getting so much attention. Like, he's good. If you want to find highlights of Jerry Judy, go look at his film because it's out there. Go watch the national championship game. You can watch it for about five minutes. He puts a double move on the safety, who is an actual college football player who plays defense, and gets a, a 60-yard touchdown. <laughs> right. like, there's tape out there of Jerry Judy. Don't watch him go destroy some other wide receiver who's trying to guard the best receiver in college football. I knew you were going to do this because last summer you were the one who was like all about the Aaron Donald knife video, the, <laughs> yeah. the knife fight video. <laughs> you hated it. I do. Like, you don't need to go find. These are great players. They have good tape. You don't need to do these gimmicky things or put a highlight reel of you destroying, you know, Tariq Black from Michigan or whoever it was. Jerry Judy against LSU. If you want to watch someone destroy a team, that's it. And like in Clemson, like he destroyed those guys. Yeah, he's the best receiver in the nation. I don't even think it's close. I mean, they're, uh, I really like Viscous Chenault out of Colorado, but I don't even think it's we're I like talking about Lamb somebody else. Yeah. And I like T. Higgins a lot, but right? it's different. They're very good receivers, but and I love Jerry Judy, so Alabama fans, don't hate on me. He's the best receiver in the nation. He's probably a top 10 receiver in the world right now. I just don't need to see him destroy other wide receivers. I know what he can do. He's done it against corners. I'm not impressed by this video. No, it's fun, though. You know, I get it. Like You're just the fun police. You're still in teacher mode. <laughs> I get Debbie Downer over here. Right. Me. Speaking of Debbie Downer, the segues are rolling tonight. The NFLPA, uh, I think they saw that there were too many positive reports of like, oh, talks are going well. Between the NFL and the NFLPA about a, a new CBA. So the NFLPA comes in and they're like, hey, we expect a year work stoppage. Save your money. Yeah, a year that they're emailing to agents. I saw Odell just bought that like $300,000 Rolls Royce and then he customized it Browns colors. Ooh. Yeah, somebody didn't give OBJ the memo like <laughs> save your money just in case because he's spending like $500,000 on a car right now. And I'm sure most of these guys have enough money well, I don't even know, honestly. Like, I, I know a lot of people in the NFL make a lot of money, but some of them are making good, comfortable money. Right. I don't know that you have a whole lot stored up that you can just take a year off of work, though. That's that's going to be rough. That's going to be rough for the players. I The owners might be the only ones who really aren't feeling it that much. So they'll probably put some scab players out there, and they'll still sell out every stadium every Sunday. I don't know what the hell we are going to talk about on Stick to Football. It's going to just be... Covering the XFL, I guess. Yeah, we'll find something to talk about. College football won't stop. That's the great thing for us is we're so versatile and dynamic that we won't ever be stopped. The, the NCAA takes such advantage of these players that there's no way in hell <laughs> right. they can keep they them. They actually away. can't strike. Yeah, so, so they have no union. They will be there forever. So yeah. we have that going for us. I don't think it will come to it. I really don't. I, I think they'll figure it out. There's just too much money in football. I think this is like your typical negotiation thing where you start putting out, you know, like rumors like, oh, we're prepared to we'll strike for a year. We don't even care. Give us a low ball offer. We don't care. We're ready to set sail. We're going to sit for a year and then put a little pressure on the owners to say, like, OK, we'll come back. We'll talk. It's just typical negotiation. Yeah. And I think like one big part of it is the NFLPA is made up of players. They don't want to lose their money. But right. I, I will say this. I'm all for the players they get taken advantage of. I hope that they fight for, you know, exceptions for medical marijuana use as a pain management uh, device. I hope they fight for a larger cut of the salary cap. Um, I, I, I feel like the NFL, we're on the 100th season. For 100 right. years, the owners have owned the NFL. I would love to see it be a little bit more like the NBA with the players having a larger stake in in the actual game and um, yeah, we'll see what happens though. I know that Eric Winston, the, the PA president is someone we could get on the podcast. If that's something you guys are interested in. Um, we, we haven't really like dove into a lot of the off the field topics like that, but we might have to, if there's a stoppage. All right, moving right along uh tailgate tour. We already ran through that, but I want your guesses guys. We're going to tell you Monday morning, but this is where you can get involved. Tweet at us at six football. Where do you think 
Not where do you want us to go? Where do you think we're going to go? I think the, iTunes review thing. Yeah, it is. That's a good idea. iTunes review. Where do you think we're going? There might be some winners. You know, I could throw in some koozies, some bracelets if people yeah, guess right. If you guess it right and you show up, I think there should be like a large prize. Here's Ooh, a shotgun yeah. of beer with me. There you go. You get to rub Mellow's belly. Is there a better prize than that? There's not. I don't think there you is. Get to, you get to mess up Connor's hair. Ooh. Nah, yeah, that's a good one. I've never done that. I want to. <laughs> I've never touched it. I bet you would freak out. I know. I kind of want to do it now. <laughs> yeah. Huh. All right. That's a good one. That is a good one. All right. We'll figure something Two out that you can do vote. with me. That's a pretty Yeah. We'll figure something out. You can insult me about all the times I was wrong about a player. We'll have fun. Absolutely will. When we come back, we're going to definitely have some fun. We're going to be our top five players that should be contestants on The Bachelor. All right, guys, you know that Mello and I are huge fans of the show, The Bachelor, the reality show. We've had last year's contestant, Colton Underwood, on the show a lot. He played in the NFL. Jesse Palmer has been a contestant. He played in the NFL. I think that's it, right? I mean, as far uh, as I know, Clay Harbor was on there last year. Uh, yeah, or two allegedly years ago, he played. In he the played NFL. in the NFL. I knew he did more than I did. Colton Underwood. That's very true. So I actually ha- heard of there Clay has Harbor. been a football connection. A dude with a ponytail who works for Pro Football Focus was on there. So <laughs> right? there's a lot of football involved in this show. It's also on ABC, and they have the rights to the NFL. So what we're going to give you today, our top five players that we wish could be Bachelor contestants. Now, these are NFL players only. Melo did his list first, so I was somewhat limited, and I tried to counter strongly, very strongly. I did not check to see if any of these guys are married. I I did not Okay, I just wanted to preface that. I think I'm okay with my list. I think you are too. (laughs) I don't think I am. I happen to know one person on your list (laughs) is for sure married. Yeah, absolutely is, but changes nothing. Would you like to start? Yeah, I'll start it off. And my list, I went with Travis Kelsey first just because I'm a Chiefs homer and I have to mention the Chiefs every podcast. That's your only reason? No, not really. (laughs) It's because he's done a reality dating show before and his personality is great for TV. I think as soon as he is done with playing football, I think he's going to have some kind of media role. He's going to be doing something. He's, He's a very exciting person to watch. Good personality. You see him chug the Coors Light at the last thing that he was at chugging beer at the basketball game with Pat Mahomes. Like I want to see more of him. I think he's a good, good guy to have on this show. So Travis Kelsey is going to be my And he's done this. He already did a reality dating show called Catching Kelsey. I didn't watch it, but I've heard it was just like a riot. It was hilarious. I didn't watch it either, but I bet it was. Yeah, so Travis Kelsey definitely makes sense. My number one, I just figured if I was going to come in late, I was going to come in strong. I want Tom Brady. You have the most handsome football player <laughs> in the history of football who also is the best football player ever. So he's the most handsome player in football history. I think so. That's a power ranking that you <laughs> it have. Is, yeah, okay. that's my top 100. Can you share me on it's that? It's the Matt Miller hot 100 <laughs> list. Doc, because yeah. I really want to see okay. it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to work on it. I have very little to do this summer, okay? <laughs> Just wait for that list. It's coming out. I think Tom Brady would be fascinating because it would be the one time that you would see 40 women just killing each other. I don't to even win. think you would have to limit it to women. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Can you imagine the number of guys I would sign that would up. show up? For I this? would show up. I, I would too. If as I, a straight male. I'd yeah. Be. I would love to just have a one on one with Tom and talk about football. Go on a group date with Tom Brady. That'd be great. Do you know that everybody in Boston would sign up for this? Yeah. And Ann Arbor. <laughs> oh, easy. So, I, I really like Tom Brady as well. I don't have him power ranked as most attractive, but I'm sure he who would do you be think up he there. the most attractive? I, I don't know. I've never done that. Uh, JJ Watt. Uh, he's he just got engaged. Congratulations, that JJ. Guy is, he's a freak. Like looking at him, yeah. He came out of Wisconsin as like just this chubby podunk defensive lineman. Yeah. Now he's a Greek goddess, literally. God, God. God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so single-handedly I, saved the city of Houston. Yeah. I think he might be one of the most attractive people in all of the world. Yeah, he's like Thor. If Thor were a real person, exactly. ooh, that next week top five. <laughs> Avengers to football players. I'm good with that. There we go. I like that Next one. one for me, I'm going with Aaron Rodgers because uh, obviously he's dated around with some very popular women, and I want to see what he's like kind of behind the scenes. Uh, I know it's like the beard <laughs> chugging thing. I'm just the... The jokes are lining themselves up. <laughs> I, I can tell. Uh, do you want to share one? <laughs> Hometowns would be awkward. Yeah, very. <laughs> I was going to go there, too. Uh, but he is, I mean, he's got some attractive ladies 
on his side. I want to see what he's like behind the scenes, though, and I do want to see his personality because we haven't seen that. We've heard a lot about his That's personality. That's a good point. But we haven't really ever seen him uh, you know, talk in front of the camera or be himself. Every time that I have, he looks like a pretty cool dude. Like even with the Game yeah. of Thrones stuff, right. with the beard chugging, like he took it and he made it fun. So I would like to see what Aaron Rodgers is like because I know that his family hates him and I know that information's out there. He seems like a pretty cool guy every time I've seen him. Though I will say this. I kind of went heel turn in the month leading up to the draft about Aaron Rodgers and a guy who used to play with him, um, who is still in the NFL and I'm pretty good friends with, uh, who plays defense, he he hit me up and he was like, hey, you're like, you're you're off on him. Like he's, you would love him. Like he's just a great guy. Like he would, you would love to just go hang out with him and like watch a baseball game or just yeah. go golf with. Like he's actually a great guy. So um, yeah, I, I do think Rogers would be interesting. I would, I would watch that, like you said, just to see what he is like away from the cameras. If he could get loosened up, you know, so we could actually see the real Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. My pick here is, who I actually hope is the next bachelor. And I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to make this happen. If he's single, cause I actually don't know if he's married or not. Do you, he just got engaged. Shit. Okay. never mind. My pick was Pat McAfee, but we all know marriage is not forever. It's not forever. <laughs> and I think that like Pat McAfee could walk in the store and say, Hey guys. And I would laugh. Everything he does is funny in his little cutoff t-shirt, his jorts, his jorts. Like he, he is hilarious. And um, we should actively pursue to get him on this podcast more. Yeah, I know we that really we've should. talked about it and you like, you know him. Yeah, it's something that we actually have to do. I know. And he was like, oh, we need to do like a one on one. Like you come on mine, I'll come on yours thing. And it's just it's like hard with people's schedules and stuff. But we need to make that happen. I absolutely love him. I he think wanted he, me on his podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what the one on one was? Yep, that's what it was. <laughs> he I think he is one of the funniest people in the world. He is like he even does the stand up comedy. Yeah. It. it for, for me, it's Pat McAfee and Kevin Hart are the two people that I just watch them talk and I laugh. I can't help it. Yeah, I love Kevin Hart, too, but not on this list. Yeah. No. Who's up? Me or you? you me you, again? I'm going with Odell Beckham Jr. because I don't. I, <laughs> I just want to see him in a relationship setting. Uh, he's obviously a very attractive man, too. He is a good looking dude. Uh, big personality. I think that he would be a lot of fun on camera. And just getting him on the show, I think, would be good. Watching him, it would maybe even be more like Flavor of Love, I think, which is the show that I watched a very long time yeah, ago. I, I think one. it would be more outrageous than even the Bachelor or Bachelorette stuff that they do. I will say that he's like a kind of a sensitive dude, though, so I think it would work. Because he oh, would yeah. have his moments of like, you know, he's... Like kicking a net. A net or, yeah, <laughs> or, you know, proposing to it after that. So he knows how to get on one knee. We've already right? seen that. So there's some experience there. I love, I I mean, I'm not just trying to be like, oh, I love all these guys. I love Odell Beckham. I, I do. He's he's one of my favorites for sure. I went Alvin Kamara. I don't know if you know this, but he has, just, he has a shtick on Twitter about like stealing people's girlfriends. So why not just like, like make it official, right? Why not just make it the real deal with the bull nose ring and the grill and like the crazy, like I want Alvin Kamara on there. He's still, I think, top three interviews we've ever done on stick to football. He's an, he's another guy who has like one of those good personalities that we haven't really seen a whole lot of yet. I know he's still really young in the NFL, but I, I think that he's going to start to blow up even more off the field. And we're going to start to see him more with, you know, shows like this or commercials and whatever on ESPN and all the other networks. Yeah. Love Alvin Kamara. You're up. Good, sir. All right. I'm up again. And this pick is going to shock the shit out of everyone. But Baker Mayfield would be perfect for this scenario. He, would he has the biggest ego in the world. And if you thought I was going to talk highly of him, you are wrong. Because I think he is a dickhead. <laughs> but that would make for good TV. And that's what I'm here for with my selection. So get this guy on The Bachelor. I know that he has a very attractive girlfriend. Good job, Baker. Fiance. Fiance. But this is like a dream scenario. I think he would be great in this situation. Uh, he could handle all the craziness and probably stir up some drama of his own. Uh, so I would want to see Baker Mayfield on The Bachelor. I would like it because I would want Colin Coward to then show up and commentate, like <laughs> right? to, to critique his dates. Yeah, have you been? Have you watched this season of The Bachelorette at all? I haven't. I haven't been home. Right. I knew that. So last season they had Demi, who was the absolute crazy yeah. girl. She's been coming back a lot and doing like a spy thing where they try to get the guys to mess up, which is like entrapment. And you shouldn't be able to do that, yeah, that is. even if it is a you know reality TV show. I think Colin Cowherd with Baker Mayfield would be great for that situation. 
Or even if you yeah. had Odell Beckham or, you know, some of these other guys for the Browns come back and do it, I, I think he would be very good for this. I think that we should just do city by city. <laughs> it like hard knocks, yeah. but just, you know, yeah, the whole time. pick a team. So I went the opposite direction here. You picked a player that you don't really like and you don't really care for their personality. I picked Quinton Williams because he is the sweetest, gentlest human being in the world. It would just be, I would feel bad for Q having to deal with some of the craziness that happens on this show because he's just too nice, but it would be worth watching. And when they do like the behind the scenes interviews with him, he would start to slip up and say something and then just, <laughs> just stop. No, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I can I'm picture good. now every sneeze that he has. I need more of this man in my life. I really do. Quentin Williams needs his own, like we need a Quentin cam. Yeah. Oh man, I should put Jamal Adams on here. He would have been good too. <laughs> I feel like you guys use Jamal Adams for everything. He's perfect. He really yeah. is. Also an attractive man. So I don't actually know if I know what he looks like. Google him. He's a good looking dude. I think that's another problem with the NFL. Is like a lot of these guys, I don't even know what they look like. Yeah, you but. picked a lot of quarterbacks for that reason. Well, I'm going with another quarterback for my last one. Uh, already rumored last year. I don't even know if it's rumored. I think we can confirm that he dated a porn star. Jimmy Garoppolo would obviously be a great pick. He's already right there in San Francisco, which is a great area. If you've ever watched The Bachelor or Bachelorette, a lot of the contestants come from here. So get him out there. I would love to see Jimmy G and the kind of woman that he would pick for The Bachelor because we've already kind of got a glimpse for his taste in women. I forgot about that. I did not. I think yeah. it's absolutely hilarious. So my last one, I went with Kyler Murray. And if you guys know about The Bachelorette, the most probably watched and controversial season ever was when a dude changed his mind. He oh, yeah. got engaged, broke it off, proposed to another girl, and it spun a movement. So I'm picking Kyler Murray because I don't think he'd be able to make up his mind either. It'd be a lot of back and forth nope, about he what wouldn't. he's going to do. So I want Kyler Murray just for the what will he do. It'd be the second biggest decision of his life. Yeah, I I like that pick a lot too, even though we have two Oklahoma quarterbacks on here. It's okay. I, I like our list, and I think it would be very successful. Those Oklahoma quarterbacks are kind of taking over the NFL, so it would be hard not to talk Yeah, about next it. year we do this again. Jalen Hurts will probably be on here. <laughs> probably so. All right, guys. Earlier uh, last week, I was able to sit down with Texas's director of recruiting, Brian Carrington, talking all things 40 acres and also how he got this job that most of us would die to have. So here's that interview. Thanks again to Brian for sitting down with me. All right, guys, I am joined today by the director of recruiting for the University of Texas. If you've listened to Stick to Football, followed us on Twitter, you know Mello and I are gigantic Texas fans. Last year, we went down for the USC game, and our guy Brian Carrington was kind enough to walk us around, give us the VIP treatment. Now we get to talk to him about, like, you might actually have my dream job, which I don't think a lot of people realize. They think I already have my dream job, but you get to wear Texas gear every day, walk around like you own the 40 acres and recruit football players. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Now, you grew up a Texas fan, right? So, like, is this, when you think about your dream job, and I, I do want to get into your path, because like myself, you have a really unique path to where you are right now. But you grew up a Texas fan just living outside of Houston, right? Yeah, I grew up a Texas fan. I mean, I wish I had pictures of me in Texas gear. You know, I, I didn't have that much uh, fun back then, but I was huge uh, into the Longhorns. Like when I learned the game of football, it was the Texas Longhorns. It was burnt orange and white. Yeah, and being from Texas, I'm sure that's something normal, man. But um, take us through, man. What is what is your job? Because I know, like when you talk about recruiting, a lot of people are like, I don't really know what that guy's doing. But you're almost like a general manager or a director of college scouting. You're just doing it for a college team instead of an NFL team. Is that is that like a fair way to put it in kind of basic terms? Yeah, in, in basic terms, I mean, we have a um, kind of a three-headed monster going on over here in Texas. It's it's myself, it's Derek Chang, it's uh, John Michael Jones. We kind of take care of like the orchestration of recruitment and then the strategy of recruitment, but. I wouldn't say that there's no specific uh, jo um, job description. I mean, you got to literally be a jack of all trades to work in a college football department. You know, one day you might be helping out with graphics. The other day you might be helping out with mailers. The next day you might be evaluating kids. But I feel that with this three-headed monster we got going, you know, we all are, you know, very flexible and with the amount of things that we're able to do. But I would say um, – 
my job is mostly on the relationship aspect, the art of recruiting. Uh, it's like a big cat and mouse chase, you know. Uh, ironically, you know, you said you want to talk about my past. Well, my my passion to get into sports, you know, started with Joey Harrington on the cover of NCAA 2003, I believe. Uh, the dynasty mode uh, had, you know, variables of recruiting. You know, I used to build my own dynasty uh, with my twin brother and play with all my friends, and they would try to just simulate the entire season. You know, hey, let's just play. If we make a bowl game, we'll play, and then we'll simulate the season. And here I was at, you know, 13, year old, 13 years old, like, no, no, no. I got to recruit every week. You know, every week I got to send my players mail and send them, you know, phone calls and whatnot. So there I am at 13 having my friends pissed at me because I'm I'm the one that's trying to take the longest to recruit, you know. But no wonder in four years my team was, was uh, an actual dynasty, a powerhouse on that video game. But, so this I mean, is from me. Yeah, go ahead. Man. About, uh, yeah, from me being 13 years old, being in love with the dynasty mode of, of NCAA, and to be where I'm at now is a dream, you know. I got to pinch myself sometimes. You know, I do get to wear the burnt orange and white every day, and I get to do something that is very uh, interesting and is very exciting, and, you know, it, it constantly, uh, you know, um, what's the word? It, it, it constantly brings excitement every day, you know. I, I come to the office very fired up and amped up to work here. Yeah, I was going to say, man, it's hilarious. I wish Mello were here today uh, because that is, I was the same way. I can remember when Madden first let you trade players. I got obsessed with team building. And uh, everyone who knows me now knows I like the off season more than the season because I like team building more than I like. I love watching football. Obviously, you don't have a job like mine without it. But the team building aspect is is really what's interesting to me. And I got hooked by playing Madden. Um, I, I always joke, I used to skip school to play Madden. And when they first put me in the game, I wanted to go back to my high school so badly and just like slam the copy down on the desk of some teachers be like, see, it actually paid off like that. I wasn't coming to school. So no, man, but I've read, uh, obviously we've known each other for years and I've read a lot about your background, but uh, I think one thing that, that our listeners will really uh, like resonate with is I get asked often, Hey, I didn't play college football. How do I work in football? So I didn't play college ball. Uh, you didn't play college ball. You know, Mello and Connor didn't play college ball. So we got four guys um, who are at, at near the top of the ladder at our professions and none of us played after high school. So what is your advice? Because I'm sure you get asked this a lot too, for guys who love the game, guys or girls who love the game, but you know, for whatever reason, they, they don't play college football. How can they still get involved in and get to where you're at one day? Yeah. So um, I suffered an injury in high school that kind of detoured my uh, athletic ability to play at the next level. I always aspired to play at the next level. But I feel that when football was taken away from me or a sports period was taken away from me, I still was in love with the behind-the-scenes aspect. I mean, I was the kid that, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of your listeners are kids that just digest stats. I used to get the newspaper, and I'm taking it the sports page. It's in my back pocket all day. I'm looking at stats. I'm comparing and contrasting stats. I'm, I was always following, you know, the recruiting rankings from rivals, you know, back in 2002 all the way to present day. So before I, I had realistic professional experience, I had so much zeal and so much experience as an amateur, you know, to where I actually brought something to the table and to anybody out there listening, like it, it all starts with you believing in yourself. You know, I believed in myself. I got my foot in the door and I, I wanted to be a director of recruiting at a division one school not the university of Texas. So you got to imagine how I feel being at the university of Texas when I would have settled for middle Tennessee state or, you know, <laughs> a lower level school to kind of work my, my way up the ladder. So I feel, yeah, it's a piece of the American dream, but you know, you gotta, you gotta believe in yourself and you gotta put all your effort into it. I mean, I walked away from, you know, a, a job that, allowed me to have some financial security while I was in college. And I was like, man, you know what? I'm making good money, but let me sacrifice this and work for free because this is my true passion. This is what I don't consider work. I consider this a hobby. I get paid to do something that I love. Like I was a big NFL draft, 
you know, guy coming up. I remember playing Madden on an online dynasty mode with 32 users that I created and during the draft season, you would see comments from Matt Miller on there. So me talking to you, me getting to meet you is still surreal. And it's the stuff that I, I did as an amateur, like not too many people would, would, you know, it's a joke, you know, to everybody that, Hey, I got interested into recruiting based off this video game, you know, cause my, my twin brother remembers me playing that video game. And all my friends remember me playing that video game and then vexing me for, you know, caring a little bit too much about recruiting, but it's, it's roster management and it's yeah. so exciting. NFL draft, you get to draft one guy, you know, so here I was in this, in this online league trying to trade and get all these first round draft picks versus in college. It's a free fall. You just have to build a relationship and get the kid to come to your school. So that part is fascinating. You know, I was a big NFL fan, but in college, it's much more free reign and the potential for your team, you know, a, a, a few five stars literally makes your team a powerhouse. You know, it's, it's, it's exciting. I mean, but anybody out listening out there, man, just put your foot in the door somewhere. You know, no matter if it's a small school, because I, I doubt if I started at a Texas, I would be at a Texas. You know, I had to start at a school that, you know, might not have a lot of clout, might not have a lot of glamour, but there's an opportunity for you to help and see the ins and outs of that program. So, I mean, you know, make a way out of nowhere, pretty much. I love that, man. So when you were at Houston, and I've talked to you about this a little before, and I love I love talking to you about it, so we got to bring it up for everybody else. When you guys were at Houston, and Ed Oliver was like, he really put you guys on the map there. Like, I mean, Coach Herman is very highly respected. Coming out of Ohio State, everyone knew this guy was eventually going to be a Power 5 head coach, but you guys get to Houston, and you land Ed Oliver. So what is your reaction, like, the first time, or what was your reaction when you guys got him, and then what was your reaction the first time you saw him? So when we got Ed Oliver committed uh, at Houston, he wasn't a five-star. He was a four-star. And here I here I was, Coach Herman had just got there in February. I started, uh, got there in January. I started the first week of February. So I'm cutting up my first film evaluation on certain prospects. And within the first 20 prospects, I see Ed Oliver. And I'm like, there's no way this guy is ranked 141 in the country. I've seen, I've been watching like, football since 2002 this guy's a freak he's a five-star there's nobody better than him when we got ed oliver it was like very surreal obviously he had his brother on our team i doubt it would be um possible to land ed oliver without his brother being on our team uh inherently but uh it was surreal i mean we signed the highest rated group of five um class in um the history of college football and just really landing a, a kid with the caliber of Ed Oliver. Uh, it fit with our philosophy to recruit the city of Houston. And once you get a big fish like Ed Oliver to come play, you know, in a small pond in the American Athletic Conference, then you got guys like De'Aaron King that joined the fold. You got guys like Courtney Lark. You got guys like Marquez Stevenson that turned down the Miamis of the world and turned down um, um, Miami, Notre Dame. De'Aaron had an offer from Clemson. You had a lot of kids that had, power of five strong offers and chose to stay home in the city of Houston. So uh, it was, it was, it was crazy that that was my first year because I was like, Whoa, you know, is it, is, is it that easy? Not to say it was easy, <laughs> right. but it was like, you know, Hey, this is my first year doing this. Hey, we signed a five star. Wow. You know, knowing that that roster, since I went to U of H as an undergrad, I followed that roster. Like when we got, you know, Deontay Greenberry, you know, who was a five-star at, at uh, Houston. I was like, whoa, Houston signed a five-star with a roster full of a bunch of two- and three-star talents. So, I mean, I, I came to Houston with a lot of knowledge of what goes on re with recruiting, but just not in a professional setting. Do you think that helped, though, that you didn't come through, like, the the generic way and, like, maybe you had a fresh view of, like, hey, no, let's do it this way because – I know for myself, like I didn't have some of the bad habits that other people had. And so I was able to like connect to readers because I was different. Do you think it was the same for you in some ways? Like you could connect with group with recruits because, you know, like, I mean, you're not that much older than a lot of the guys you're talking to. And, and you did come into it a, a little bit differently. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm at an age to where I'm old enough for the kids to respect me and take advice from me, but I'm young enough to relate them, relate to them. 
uh, when I went to uh, high school, I had a lot of kids. I mean, we had a kid I went to high school, signed to Alabama, signed to Miami, signed to Texas, signed to Clemson, signed to Michigan, signed to Oklahoma. So I seen, you know, what Power 5 talent looked like, and I seen what they went through with the recruiting process, and it, it translated, you know. Um, I didn't realize that I was doing such a good job at Houston until, you know, kids show up on campus and say, hey, man, where's Brian at? You know, and then one time I got a pat on the back from the coach. I was like, hey, man, good job. I was like, man, is that, is that all it takes? Okay, let's, let's really do this. So, I mean, my role grew from something small until now I feel like I'm in my dream because I actually get to be involved in the actual strategy of recruiting these kids. And that part is the most rewarding part to me, I feel. So speaking of Texas, I know that uh, we get we catch a lot of hell on this podcast for being Texas fans. Are we back? Can we officially say that after beating Georgia in the bowl game? Or are you guys still like, uh, you want to prove a little bit more? I mean, we, we off the, the sugar bowl train. I mean, we're not even wearing the sugar bowl gear around this, is this, um, this building. And I mean, being under Coach Herman, we don't have to prove anything to nobody. We're going to prove ourselves, you know. We're going to prove ourselves right. So I feel that um, the trajectory of Texas is easily seen from the outside looking in. And, you know, the goal is to, you know, have that power shift, you know, have Texas, you know, uh, be in contention for a national championship year in and year out. And I feel like we're doing a great job in the staff building that from the ground up. So, you know, in the future, you know, I, I'm confident and my hope is to hoist national championship trophies at Texas. And, for that to happen in my position from where I came from is going to be so surreal. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you'll share my passion wherever <laughs> you are when that happens. Yeah, for sure. How much of uh, of your day-to-day are you interacting with the current players? Like, are you around Ellinger and Colin Johnson and Caden Stearns and, and all those guys? Or are you so focused on, you know, the next group of players? No, I, I would I would say that we're we're a big family um, at Texas. I mean, our players aren't here right now because they're on break. But when they're here, I mean, we're always chopping it up. We're always interacting with one another. Uh, I can step out of my office and, and make a few right turns, and I'm in the locker room. So I feel that, especially with the players that we've handpicked and recruited here, we have unbelievable relationships and bonds with those guys, and even the guys that you know, uh, we're on our roster when we got here. I mean, we have, have a great relationship with Sam Ellinger uh, because while I was at Houston, you know, I evaluated and looked at Sam Ellinger's film. He actually came to our junior day when we were at Houston. So I feel like there were some players on our roster that I was familiar with prior to knowing about them and knowing of them when I was at Houston. So I feel that, you know, um, players that come to Texas will have an unbelievable bond uh, with me, with our coaches, because we we're we're one big family here. Um, I, I'm running out of time with you here because you're so dang easy to talk to. So we just need to come back down to Austin no, and hang I'm, out. I'm, I'm actually free. I'm actually <laughs> I got go. I got a little time. There we but, go. That's but, what I yeah, like to hear. Man, anytime you come to. Anytime you come to Austin, man, you know you do. Yeah, and we appreciate everything you guys have done for us, man. Um, Before before I do let you go, what is the goal this year? I mean, do you guys look at it and like, okay, like we, you know, is it number one, we have to beat Oklahoma? Is it number two, we want to go undefeated at home? Or you want to win the the conference? How do you guys stack your goals and, and what is realistic for you this year? I mean, our goal is to go one and oh every game, you know, no matter who the opponent is. Uh, you know, the Houston Texans show up on Saturday, our goal is to go number one uh one and oh against those guys. Um I'm excited about the future. Um excited about this season. Um I would say our goal is to bring in a number one recruiting class. Uh I feel that if you bring in a number one recruiting class uh this year in comparison to us bringing back to back top three classes in the country. Uh, will really set up Texas for success in the future. Yeah, we're looking forward to it, man. That uh, The opener against LSU is going to be a dogfight. I feel like we will know a lot about both teams coming out of that game, um, and especially like you have Caden Stearns and Grant Delpit on the same field. Like Those are the two best safeties in college football right now. So I am incredibly excited for that game. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure you'll be here at that game. <laughs> I <laughs> hope so, man. I, I hope so. We're we're finalizing our tailgate tour schedule. That is like that. That is the biggest game uh, of the early schedule. So I'm I'm looking forward to yeah. it. Um, definitely September seventh. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one for sure, man. All right, dude. I know you're about to get out of town on vacation. Enjoy it. Um, and, and I know we'll be talking to you soon, man. All right, cool, man. I appreciate it. Always good talking to you. All right, that's our interview. We'll be back in one second with your Draft on Draft questions. All right, Melo, it's Draft on Draft time, buddy. We've got some good ones tonight. Oh, there he goes. He's been letting that sit there getting lukewarm. <laughs> For this Room moment. temperature beer, everybody's yeah. favorite. All right, uh, I'm going to switch the order of this. Uh, Matt Olson, first question. That's the name of my former agent. I wonder if he's moved into player uh, representation is trying to get a leg up on some players because he's got a question here. Who's an under-the-radar 2020 skill position prospect who could jump into round one? That sounds like a question from an agent. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and be the mouthpiece here. I'm going to say Colby Parkinson out mm-hmm. of Stanford. I think you talk about people that could jump into round one. I think tight end is a position that we saw two guys go very high last year. Yeah. Uh, I like two of the tight ends in this class with Albert O. And then Parkinson out of Stanford, I feel like he was the best tight end on that team last year, and a lot of people really liked Caden Smith. I think if Smith would have ran a faster 40 time, uh, we would have seen him go maybe second or third round. So I like him, and he's a guy that's kind of under the radar skill position-wise that could jump into round one. Yeah, I'm going to give you two that we haven't, unfortunately, had time to talk about enough. Uh, Jalen Rieger from TCU, a really good receiver prospect. We've talked about so many other receivers. He's a little bit small, kind of like Hollywood Brown, 5'11", 185 pounds. I think he could maybe work his way into the first round. It is a deep receiver class, so he needs a big year. But as a junior, keep an eye on him. And then how about A.J. Dillon at Boston College? Uh, And I know one of the stickies, I wish I could remember your name, had asked us about him. Like, why don't you guys talk about A.J. Dillon more? It's just because there are so many good running backs. Unfortunately, sometimes guys like this get lost. My biggest question with A.J. Dillon is, is he too big? He's six foot, 245. How's he going to run? What are the agilities going to look like? I'm excited to really focus on him this year as a prospect and see, you know, what is the lateral agility, the ability to make people miss? Where's that at? Because, you know, that freshman year, he came out and had almost 1,600 yards last year, fell back a little bit, believe he was hurt a little bit, and he's like never caught the ball mm-hmm. at all. So there are some questions there, but he's definitely productive enough to keep an eye on. And I worry about the same things, too. I, I That body's taking a beating. And I know that one of our listeners is even like, oh, well, Jonathan Taylor does the same thing. Except for you forget about Jonathan Taylor. The reason why he's regarded so highly, he was a New Jersey State track champion. Right. This guy ran like a 10 in the 100. He's probably going to have a blazing fast 40 time. A.J. Dillon at six foot tall, 245 pounds. He's already taken a lot of carries, almost 600 carries already. Uh, He'll be well over that by the time the year's over, probably close to nine. And that body, I don't know if it's going to transition well, like you said, with the agilities and everything that he has. I love him as a college running back. I think he's going to have a very good season. I just don't know if we're going to be talking about him as an NFL draft prospect, at least not maybe round one. I think it's going to be very difficult for him to get up there. Yep. Sam Walker asked, long-time listener, first time asking you all the way in New Zealand. Whoa. Did you find that on a map? Right next to Australia. Good boy. If you could take <laughs> two current college quarterbacks and swap the teams they're on to benefit both players, who would you choose? I'm kind of insulted that you didn't <laughs> think I knew where New Zealand I mess was. With you. I, just, I haven't seen you in a while. i got to mess with you a little bit. <laughs> okay, so let's get back to the question then, because yeah. I really two couldn't tune it Two college quarterbacks, you could switch their teams to benefit both of them. I would take Kelly Bryant off that Missouri team uh, because I don't I don't know I question how he's going to fit in there uh, with everything that he's done. Uh, great quarterback at Clemson, but I don't know how he's going to fit in with that pass happy kind of offense in Missouri. Yeah. I, I mean it definitely could because they run a spread system, uh, so it's not going to be that difficult of a transition. But I would probably swap him out and maybe even put him on like Georgia. Let's make that trade. Jake Fromm for Kelly Bryant. It does not seem like good value. Uh, Maybe more value at the college level. But Jake Fromm, I would like to see him air it out and what he can do really being the leader of an offense where Kelly Bryant would be very effective in a run-first offense, and that's what they have at Georgia. They're going to have two 1,000-yard rushers uh, from now until forever. So put a good running quarterback in that offense, and maybe that would be the trade I would like to see. I like that. I'm good with it. Uh, 
I was actually going to go Missouri as well, so I'm going to change that. Uh, I want to take Ian Book from Notre Dame, and I want to switch him with Jordan Love at Utah State. Because I think Ian Book is more of a really good, like not power five quarterback, and he could excel there. But I think Jordan Love deserves to be on a team like Notre Dame. He, we with need, some weapons around right. him. Right, and, and what he does as a runner, you know, he has some ability there, I think could open up the Notre Dame offense a little bit more. So I think it would benefit Ian Book to not be playing at Notre Dame where there's so much pressure on him. Uh, and it would really, really benefit Jordan Love to just get on a bigger stage. Uh, Jordan Love, De'Eric King, Mason Fine. Those are my three quarterbacks that are kind of like not getting talked about enough right now that I'm really excited to watch this year. Because everyone knows from Tua, right. Herbert, Eason. But De'Eric King, if he's healthy, is going to be f- amazing in Dana Holgerson's offense. Uh, Mason Fine at North Texas is really, really good as well. Super, super efficient last year. So those are my under-the-radar guys. Yeah, I like those picks, too. They're all kind of the undersized type guys. Not Jordan Love, though. He is big, but I would like to see him with some more talent and see what they do at Notre Dame. Like, honestly, are we even betting on Ian Book being the starter there all year long? I don't know. Because the coach there likes to switch up his quarterbacks. Like, we thought it was going to be Brandon Wimbush. You know, and some of these other guys, it seems like the starter there always starts for about two games before they make a switch. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, musical chairs. Josh Engler wants to know, a reverse of Monday's question that you and Connor handled, what MLB players would you draft to play football? You guys did full rosters. Right, which it was, was fun. fun too. I, I liked, liked it. It. Um, it definitely appeals to my summerness. So what MLB players would I like to see play football? I think the easy one is Giancarlo Stanton because, right. for one, he's huge. And uh, it was a couple of years ago now we saw videotape of him in high school who was a dominant receiver. And yeah. He put his size out there at receiver. I mean, obviously now end. he'd be a tight end. Right. Uh, that's one pick. I think you could go Aaron Judge as well at 6'7", 280. Uh, I still think Mike Trout would be an amazing fullback. Yeah, running back. I think he's probably like an yeah. all-purpose he's guy. He's 6'2", thirty. Bryce Harper is definitely built for football. Yeah, very Maybe athletic healthy. guy. Um, those are the ones that definitely stand out to me. I don't want to cheat and be like Jeff Samarja, you know? Right, but, yeah, like good baseball players. Still, I mean, Jeff Samarja is pretty much done I anymore. still think like Mookie Betts could play safety. Yeah, range. or corner. Yeah. I, I think there's been video of him play, doing like receiver drills yeah. and stuff too. So he would be very good. I think Trout's an obvious one. Harper, I think he he's a guy that to me looks like he could play Probably any sport that he wants. I think my guy Juan Soto would be a heck of a receiver. You just wanted to mention Juan He's Soto. He's an outfielder. He's um, an athlete. I don't know anybody else off the top of my head. Mondesi with the Royals could be, I mean, he would be a corner, a nickel corner with his lateral quickness. Yeah, I don't know any quarterback type guys that I would have. Noah Syndergaard can throw the ball for like 2,000 yards right. probably. Yeah, I think catchers and like pitchers obviously – yeah, I don't know. I don't see anyone like, you know, Bumgarner being a great quarterback. No, oh, I hate so, him. Man, he's, and he's a lefty. Poise is big with him, though. He's got that weird motion. Yeah, you just hate Bumgarner. I hate Bumgarner. That's a fun question. We should flip that around for a full segment one of these days. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I love mixing it up with the different sports like that. Yeah. I think that's something we need to do more. Pat Chamberlain, he is definitely the front runner as we hit the midway point of the year for Sticky of the Year. I mean, I think other people are going to have to start nominating themselves because you know, the I don't know who else we're looking is, at. He didn't come to the New York City meetup. He did, He hasn't come to any meetups. That's what's holding him back. He's going to have to get his ass on that tailgate tour, and you can find out where to meet him on Monday. Yeah, or just take a train up to Boston, and uh, we'll be there 10 days. I said, I think I'll go to Boston. Is that how that song goes? Yeah. Huh. Who's that guy that sings it? I don't know. I've been listening to a lot of weird music lately. I'm in a weird spot. <laughs> you want to talk about it? No, I don't. <laughs> it's not the time, not the place. Okay, well, we'll go out after that. It was uh, Augustana. There it is. <laughs> I Googled it. I'm not that. I don't know late 90s, early 2000s well, music you that well. Who is a player, NFL or college, who you loved for a completely random reason, despite the player not really being a star? I absolutely loved David Green. From Georgia. Oh, yeah, me so too. Th- they had like two quarterbacks there. It was David Green and DJ Shockley, who was the more athletic quarterback. David Green, I really liked. He got drafted by the Seahawks. I don't know if our guy Jim Nagy was there when he got drafted. It's oh, been yeah. a couple of years now. But I loved him as a college quarterback. He actually held the wins record for a very long time uh, at quarterback. His ability to play and just manage a game, I was a huge fan of him. 
Georgia's always been like a secondary team for me. I've it's always liked them. Yeah, it's the Bulldogs. Our, our high school mascot, they were the Bulldogs as well. So it's always just been like you could go buy a Georgia shirt and it worked for your high school. I'm going to give you two names because I'm old, so I get to do that. Uh, for college, I absolutely loved Tim Biakabatuka. Uh, for Michigan, he was running back. He was unstoppable. Um, he was there uh, with Brady. Mid nineties? Yes. No, no, he wasn't there with Brady. There wasn't. I guess there wasn't a crossover. He was. He was amazing though. I loved watching him play. Um, yeah, he was so much fun. It had like a cup of tea in the NFL. Didn't really do a whole lot, but loved him in college. So there's my random one in the NFL. And I've talked about this before. My second favorite NFL player of all time probably is Eric Allen, who played corner for the yeah. Philadelphia Eagles and then the Oakland Raiders. No idea why. I just loved watching him play. Right. And I loved Greg Lloyd. Yeah. So like, I don't know why we had those two players as like our favorite players, but we did. We liked some weird people. Like You liked uh, Chris Weber in the NBA. I loved Chris that. Weber. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Don't, I don't know. And Barry Bonds. Yeah, before, that one's a little more before the home popular. runs, though. Yeah, like I like him with the Pirates. <laughs> yeah, uh, I had a jersey or like a T-shirt jersey of Bonds with the Pirates. So it was pretty cool. All right, last question, Dan Barnes. Sorry, two questions. This guy thinks he's in the Hall of Fame or something. Tier list have been circling around like crazy. In your opinion, what are the qualifications for being elite? That's a. I actually really like this question too because I've seen a lot of these tiers. Uh, putting guys like Russell Wilson up there, and I actually I don't think that he's elite. I think he would be in that next tier. Maybe I just need to no, do my I agree. own tier. But I mean, he's exceptional. He's very good. But I don't. I wouldn't put him up there. For me, I would have Brady, uh, Breeze, and probably Aaron Rodgers as elite. I don't even know if we can say Pat Mahomes is up there yet, just because it's his second year, first full year playing. Yeah. I obviously think he's going to get up there. But for me, you would have to win a Super Bowl or an MVP. Uh, pretty recently, and I know that both of those guys have done it, but I, I still think career longevity is another thing that makes you elite. Well, and I think elite is that you could go to any point in time and be one of the best players. Like, if you think about the, the quarterback glory days of, like, when we had Montana, Marino, Elway, all the great quarterbacks of the 90s, Aikman, if you took Tom Brady and put him in that era, he would still be great. Drew oh, Brees would still forever. be great. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers traits, you know, would still be great in any in any of the modern eras of football. So that's like for me, that's elite. It's not so much about wins or yards. It's about would you be good no matter what? And I, I think you could look at it other ways. I, I've heard people who work for teams break down quarterbacks of there are very few guys that can win games for you. Tom Brady, mm -hmm. Drew Brees, Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. That's elite. Then there are the guys that are good enough to win with a good team. Yeah, and I think that's where like a Russell Wilson would be. I, I, can he really go out and win a game for you? Sometimes I don't want to hate on him yeah. because I like him as a player, but I just don't know that I would have him up. What's there. weirdest? I think Russ might be a top five quarterback in the NFL and not be elite. I, yeah. I've seen some of these tiers, and I can't remember how many I did because I did it while I was doing something else. It's like you can't have eight elite quarterbacks. That undoes that's, the word yeah, that's elite. That's not elite. That's yeah, just it, everybody's. There good. are thirty-two starting quarterbacks. It probably needs to be about three or four who are elite. Yeah. It's like when you look at the NBA playoffs and you're like, oh, shit, we made the playoffs this year. Well, that just means you are like half. You, yeah. you split it in right. half with the league. It's, That's not great. Yeah, it's really not. So follow-up question. Do you still see Aaron Rodgers as elite or do you think his best years are behind him? I think we have to wait and see. And I, I, I'm not trying to like cop out and hedge, but he got hurt last year. So we really do have to wait and see. I think that he is on the beginning of the downward trajectory. Yeah. And I think both can be true. I do think that he is still elite, but I also think that, yes, his best years are behind him. Uh, I also think that he could still come out and be MVP caliber quarterback. I do too. But I do think that we've seen his best years, and I think durability is probably going to come into uh, question here in the latter part of his career. But I do definitely think he's still elite. Like, if you're making me take a quarterback, he's still going to be – one of the top five guys that I'm drafting. There are still things that Rodgers does that no one else can do. Oh, and, and yeah. like, I mean, you could even say, like, well, Mahomes can do it or Baker can. Do it. No, Rodgers still does things that you're like, that's just not normal. His ability to throw with arm strength and accuracy is probably unmatched. I know that guys like Mahomes has great arm strength and Baker Mayfield is another guy who has very good arm strength and his accuracy is coming up there. But Aaron Rodgers, to be able to do both, 
I think he's probably top three most accurate quarterbacks in the league right now, and I think he's probably top three arm strength too. Yeah. When you talk about like in-play games, like I don't give a shit if you can throw the ball 80 yards and not hit anyone, Josh Allen, but oh, to have that wow. arm strength, it's like functional arm strength in the NFL. That's a good word. That's a good way to put it. Functional arm strength, I think Rodgers is actually the best. Yeah, because he can fit the ball in tight windows. He can throw the deep ball. When he does that move, when he's like drifting and rolling right, and you see it's, him like, yeah, he still throws the ball once, 60 and yards. It's like out, it's out fast. He's the best Hail Mary thrower in the history of the NFL too. Yeah, I would agree. So I think both are true. Yes, he is elite, but probably his best years are behind. All right. Good, good show tonight. A quick show. Thanks again to Brian Carrington for joining us. We we definitely have to have him on for a follow-up uh, as we get closer to the season because I, I love talking to people like that. And we'll get some more schools. We'll branch out to more of these, these guys who are basically college GMs. So, for Mello, this is Matt. We'll be back Monday morning. Connor will join us, and we have that tailgate tour schedule for you. So, get ready. It's going to be fun. 